Welcome to the Reinvest Podcast, a podcast that is based on building confidence for you to manage your personal finances and the ministry finances that you've been entrusted with. Welcome back to the Reinvest Podcast. I'm your host, John Brummett. I have with me today, Joshua Itson, who is the accounting administrator for the Board of Retirement. Uh, we're going to be talking through uh, some things that are of interest to him and to me and just kind of have a conversation about a new article that he has coming out in one magazine. Uh, so welcome to the podcast, Josh. Uh, thanks for having me, John. It's uh, my first time on our podcast when we started this uh, new endeavor of our office. So it's uh, good to be part of the conversation. Yeah, we we are still kind of filling out and learning how we're going to do all this stuff. So we want it to be about finances and about uh, learning, you know, how to better your financial position and your personal finances, but at the same time, talking through like some of the topics of interest that are, you know, really facing generations today and, and the ones that are upcoming. Yeah. So in your article uh, is titled The Farmer. Uh, and so you just kind of talk us through like how you came up with that uh, topic, that idea. Uh, what drove you to it? Well, um, farming for the better part of the last couple of years has been on uh, my mind and my wife's mind as we've, um, over last year we moved, um, bought us a place out in rural Sumner County. Um, and, and intentionally having land to do some farming was one of the goals of getting uh, that property. Um, and then as I was thinking through an article that I needed to do, um, just some thoughts came to mind around that. And this one was quite different because it started out as just, I had these thoughts on kind of what just a farmer, uh, nobody in particular, but just there, especially if they are a Christian and a farmer, um, their closeness with nature and therefore closeness with God, if, you know, for intentional about it um, and how that could impact um, their work in that area. Um, and just to train a thoughts off of that. And so the first part was quite different because it was just a series of statements. And then I tried to relate that to um, aspects of basically just doing our work or putting forth our effort and whatever it is, um, for God's glory and how we can be a partner in, in the work that he's doing here, really in any um, uh, fashion that or industry that you're in. Um, but to me, the, the closeness that a farmer uh, has with the land and therefore the creator um, just has a, a unique, um, maybe idealistic, but a unique role uh, that they fill. Yeah, and I think I think we're seeing an uptick in this, uh, especially with like the culture today. Uh, we're definitely seeing a lot more people, a lot of younger people, like uh, when I say younger, I say millennials uh, down, uh, that are that are really focusing back on what it means to be, you know, a steward of the land. Um, you know, there there's more interest in conservation and turning back to that old lifestyle of, you know, whether it's creating stuff with your hands or, um, you know, right. developing like farming 
farm animals, you know, that kind of stuff. Like, uh, I know me and my wife have raised chickens for probably the better part of, you know, seven or eight years now and have went through two or three flocks that we've, you know, raised from little bitties up to, you know, full grown processing, put them in a freezer type thing. And so we've seen a lot of people our age, um, that have started turning back to that. Oh yeah. We want to get into, we want to do this. We want to learn how to do that stuff. And so there's been an uptick in, you know, even things like, like canning and, and learning how to crochet and knit and sew right. and stuff like that. We, we're seeing a lot more of the younger generation turn back to those skills that, you know, really would have been like our grandparents, um, had done for like their daily lives. And of course it's a little bit different because like we don't, I don't necessarily, me personally don't have to rely on my chickens doing well in order for us to eat, uh, which would have been our grandparents position. But exactly. Uh, there is a, there is that draw back to, Oh yeah, I really, that's a skill that I don't want to lose. And I think that's, that's interesting for, you know, even from when you're looking at it from a financial standpoint as to, you know, things that our grandparents would have, you know, very much so worked hard not to have to do anymore. Like they wouldn't have to raise chickens. They wouldn't have to have farm the land and stuff to be able to make a living. Now our generation and, and younger are looking at it as a way of, it's a hobby for them to, to, oh right. yeah, we want to, we want to do that. We want that to be our free time and stuff. And so it's very interesting to see the reversal of, you know, that, that trend through, through just, you know, two or three generations. Yeah. Yeah. I've read some articles that, um, there's like a generations go through basically like a series of leapfrogging. They will, grandchildren will kind of have a drawback towards, um, the ideals or the, um, the, the work areas that their grandparents had. Um, I've seen reference to that in several places. Um, and I mean, I did have some people that I grew that I grew up around that uh, were farmers, um, my family. Um, but just in blue collar work, um, that, that work ethic still, um, throughout my family's generation, you know, remain strong. And, you know, I was inspired, um, by some of that. Um, but yeah. And then I think also with some of the issues that we've seen around, like, uh, the pulp, uh, pulp, the port facilities and other processing facilities with this, with the pandemic, um, having, uh, being hit hard by people dying in those from the working conditions and other, and that's just the most recent version, but the idea of food insecurity in some areas around the country, not like you said, not an issue really for me. Um, but to know that I could learn some of the skills that if that ever became an issue, if the supply chain got interrupted, I may have at least a little bit of a fallback um, right. at some point. I'm far from that at this point, yeah. but well, one day I, maybe. And I think that's, I think that's true for a lot of people is the, the whole idea of um, ethically sourced uh, or um, 
you know, being able to, to know where your, where your food's coming from, where you're, you know, we, we've gotten on this, uh, buy local, uh, trend. That's one of the, the topics that, you know, keep coming up in a lot of financial outlooks now is like the buy local, the, that push. And so, um, you know, you're seeing a lot more people that are like, Oh, well, I want to go to my neighborhood farm or my, area farm to get my meat and stuff instead of buying it from, you know, stuff that's been imported from, you know, Australia or something like that when you're buying beef. And so I think that's, that's something that you're seeing and people are willing to pay more for it as well. And so, you know, while you can go to Walmart and buy stuff that's been, you know, sourced from, you know, all over the country and get it for, you know, two or $3 a pound, then you look back at, you know, what you're getting from your local source and they're willing to pay, you know, 10 to $15 a pound for it. And so that's a, that's a very interesting um, outlook when you're thinking about like personal finance and how you're, how you're spending those dollars. And a lot of people will, especially when it comes to personal finance, they're like, Oh, you need to do what's cheapest and, and save the money. And that's not necessarily true. And that's something that I've had, many conversations with people about down through the years is like, if it's important to you to do it that way, then you just have to make up the difference someplace else. And so exactly. if it's important to you to have, you know, locally sourced beef, uh, beef or pork or something like that, eggs or whatever, that's fine. But you know, you, you have to cut the cost someplace else. So otherwise you'll, you'll end up overspending and stuff. And so just thinking about that kind of stuff of, you know, sourcing it from a local vendor rather than, you know, an international vendor that you could get it cheaper. You know, what is the, what is the upside and the downside of doing those type of things? Um, you know, if you're going to do that with everything, then buy less than you would buy otherwise so that you right. kind of come out the same thing. Don't, don't keep buying at the same quantity as you did. I know that with, with some of the families that we've talked to when it comes to like clothing, we've seen, you know, the, the quality of clothing uh, has kind of has changed to where you're looking at locally sourced or, um, you know, us sourced. If you're in the United States kind of, you know, buying American type thing has really surged back to the, to the forefront again. And, buying that quality stuff that's going to last for years and years and years rather than buying some, you know, cheaper option that may have been imported from a different country that, you know, you're going to throw away in a year or something like that and kind of reducing that overall waste when it comes to uh, what you're buying. And so if you can buy one item that lasts for 10 years versus buying 10 items that last for one year um, and, and the price difference on, how those things have come out, not only how it affects like our landfills and, and the environment around us. Right. Yeah. That's an, an area. And I've um, had several conversations with different uh, people. My wife and I go back and forth on this. There, there are some things we're willing to spend more on um, for some of those reasons. Um, The the quality is better. Um, And there's some things that we, still either don't care enough really about that item or don't need it to last as long. So we'll 
you know, save uh, money there. But um, my, my kids will allow like sh- shopping local. I, I like exploring the, you know, the local shops, local restaurants. I'll, I want to do that as much as I, uh, as I can, as long as it fits within, uh, you know, our, you know, financial goals um, or, you know, ability to, um, and sometimes it's easier than not, but I think that goes back to um, some of these ideals that I outlined or that I, that this article made me, as I was writing, it made me think of is, um, you know, just being a good steward of, of what we have, what we've been blessed with. And then um, how do we use that to give back to our community? Do we support the, the local people um, or do we, not do some things because um, it's not sourced um, very ethically. Um, do, do we make those judgment calls? Do we even think about what we're buying um, when we're out in the market? Do we even let those um, that conversation take part in our own self? I'm not trying to impose any of those ideals on anybody else, but to me, as I've learned more about how the economies work and what's going on in some of these areas. It does make me second guess some companies that I may, may or may not want to do business with because of their uh, maybe lack of ethics or lack of care for their workers. Right. And it, and it, I mean, you can really get in, that's the whole area of like ESG and, and getting into that kind of stuff is like, how, how did you uh, end up, uh, pulling up, um, you know, these, these areas of what you're, you're going to be concerned about. Like, is it because you actually have concern about them or is it, um, you know, just something that's kind of, it's in the news and it's in the media and stuff. And so I'm just kind of jumping on that bandwagon, but then when you actually think down on, all right, so what does that actually mean to, to have something that's ethically and locally sourced and use that as your kind of your model that you're going to run in your daily life. Uh, it ends up being a lot more work, um, to, to do, because if you're, if you're like most Americans where you're like, Oh, I can just buy it on Amazon and have it shipped. And most of that stuff isn't going to be local or, you know, even, even what we would consider ethically sourced because they're just getting it from the lowest bidder and, and getting it up there. And so, you know, you're, you're looking at it through a different lens when you start, when you start diving into that. So it's, it's a very interesting, it's very, um, it's a very unique topic. I think that's happening now. Like we're seeing a lot more of that, um, that kind of crop up, uh, especially with the amount of availability that's in the marketplace now. I mean, you know, 50 years ago, getting stuff from China would have been, you know, crazy to think like, oh yeah, we're just going to get all of our stuff from China. But with, you know, transportation and being able to do shipping and and air transport and stuff, that kind of stuff can get shipped over here like super quick now. So, um, you know, I know that my uh, grandparents were very much like American made, you know, kind of, we needed American made and stuff. And so, you know, you kind of always associated American made with like quality. It was a very high quality and stuff. But I mean, there's other, 
you know, other countries that do very high quality stuff. And just because it's from a different country doesn't mean that it's not, but um, it's that idea of, you know, supporting the people that are around you and your community and like how that kind of plays into your, your thought process on buying things and, you know, what you're going to maintain in your house. Right. Yeah. I think we do have to be cautious, like you said, or, or what's our motivation for, for agreeing or disagreeing that these are the things that we should look for if we're going to involve ourselves in this purchase decision um, or these areas of commerce where, um, because there are so many issues that end up being made a lot to do about, but nothing changes because it was just a hot topic for a short time right. and now people don't care. Right. Um, and it can all like, it's all very personalized. Um, but so I'm not, I, I think, I do think we should just be conscious of what, why, why we buy what we do. Um, and I don't, too, I don't, I don't think about it um, as much as I should at times. Um, but I, that's, that's an area that I think we could all just, we should be aware of. Um, and again, if we're, even if we, if we think about it on these maybe social issues, it might all getting back into finances a little bit, make us think, okay, well, depending on the quality or, you know, the item that it is, is at a fair price? Is it not? And if you're, if you're taking this long to think about these things, it's probably going to be a lot of things. We're just going to walk away from even buying because it's like, well, that's but, too much to invest in just mentally. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what is, and understanding what is a fair price whenever you're, you're looking at an item, uh, whenever you're talking about, you know, is it machine produced or is it hand produced? Is it, um, you know, factory, like they produce millions of these things as cheap as Mm -hmm. they can, or are they trying to do it, you know, with quality products, quality ingredients and those type of things. And, just because something is super expensive doesn't necessarily mean that it's quality. It just means that, you know, their price point is different. And so, you know, you really have to, if you're really going to do this, then you really have to do your research and stuff. And I know that I've had several people, like when we talked about uh, like sourcing local meat or local beef or something like that, talking about how, Oh, well, I don't want to get, buy a share of a cow or something like that and then it'd be like old tough cow or something like that that you know you didn't say you know you kind of have to weigh that as a as an option and stuff and so it's it's interesting whenever you start to break down and actually do the research it ends up being a lot more work yeah like i said just if if we if we would slow down as consumers in america and think just a fraction of what on some of the things that we've talked about there probably be quite a few less purchases made, which might be a good thing for, uh, for some of us. Yeah. Um, just because it's easy to click that buy now button on, yeah. on Amazon and, yeah. and move on without much thought. Well, and I, I think that's probably the convenience factor is probably one of the main reasons yeah. most people are, you know, in trouble with their spending anyways, like, Oh, I need this right now. And so I'm just going to go ahead and buy it because I can have it from Amazon, you know, this afternoon or tomorrow at the latest. And so, uh, you know, you kind of get into that, Oh, well I need it. And so I'm just going to go ahead and get it instead of like 
back in the day, you'd borrow it from a friend or, you know, something right. like that, if it was something that you weren't going to use a lot of, but, um, anyway, well, uh, I appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. Uh, and I appreciate everybody listening, uh, to the podcast. If you have any questions or anything, you can always contact us at, uh, borderretirement.com or at reinvest, uh, fwb.com. Uh, we're more than happy to answer any questions that you have, uh, feel free to reach out to us and, and uh, talk to us with any topic that you have. We appreciate it. And we'll see you again next time. Thank you for listening to the reinvest podcast. For more information, please visit our website at reinvestfwb.com. Please subscribe to the reinvest podcast through Apple podcasts, Stitcher, Google play, and more.